0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Second hour, OutKick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here as well. Preview the AFC North with the Ravens and Bengals coming up in 20 minutes. A bit later. A look at the Major League Baseball trade deadline. We're inching closer to that. Some big moves today. With that, Devo Samuel gets paid. Brett McMurphy from Action Sports Network will be with us in hour number three. All of that and more coming up. Deshaun Watson suspended six games by the independent judge in this case, Sue L. Robinson, who uh, in reading through uh, bits of her report, which was what, 16 pages, I believe? Sixteen Total. pages, 15, yeah. 16, yeah. 15, 16. What the the one of the things that she points to is um, that Watson, according to uh, NFL.com, Watson has been told he's got to get his massage therapy from club therapists. Uh, that is the really the only change to the entire process of what has gone on that led to all of this. If you if you really sit back and think about okay, if the NFL can up thing, you know, up it from six games to eight games or eight to twelve. At no point has he ever had to do anything to change the 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 process or the repetitive behavior of what led to all of this. None of that has been addressed. Um, Dan Patrick um, earlier today said that uh, he had a source within inside the negotiations for the settlement, and at no point did the word therapy come up not once, from either side. So this is more about games and getting it over with. And if that's the case, then just take your six games on both sides and go home.
0: Well, this guy cannot um, make another bad move. He he cannot approach anybody on Instagram. I mean, if he does something stupid like that, if he's got a problem in terms of a habit here that he can't break, he is going to shoot himself in the foot. and, And we're talking about uh, you know, uh, indefinite suspension for, and, and, for sure.
2: And it's also, it's more about, and, and it is, I mean, uh, speaking of the obvious a bit, it's more about conduct detrimental to the league than it is conduct detrimental to the massage therapists, the punishment itself. Yeah, So, so it's, in their own interest. So it's not as though they're trying to correct any problem. They're punishing Watson for making the league look bad.
0: Yeah. And that's what this is all about at heart. I I wanted to get into one thing that she wrote Robinson that I thought was very interesting because about the league kind of tying itself in a knot here. I'm going to read you one paragraph of what she wrote on page 13 and 14. So near the end of her conclusion, I am bound quote by standards of fairness and consistency of treatment among players, similarly situated end quote. The NFL argues that consistency is not possible because there are no similarly situated players. By ignoring past decisions because none involve, quote, similar, end quote, conduct, however, the NFL is not just equating violent conduct with nonviolent conduct, but has elevated the importance of the latter without any substantial evidence to support its position. While it may be entirely appropriate to more severely discipline players for nonviolent sexual conduct, I do not believe it's appropriate to do so without notice of the extraordinary change this position portends for the NFL and its players. So she's basically calling out the league for looking to flip uh, kind of the pecking order of violations here without any kind of change in rules or policy or anything like that.
2: Like unprecedented, the word unprecedented um, that, you know, just stood out to us as we were discussing this for the last several months. She's saying, if I'm reading this and interpreting this right, she's saying they're trying to come back and make an unprecedented ruling when, in fact, they've never had anything like that for other matters. And when it has been harsh, it's been for violent behavior. Everything has
0: stacked in a relatively, what I'm reading, everything has stacked in a relatively reasonable and orderly fashion and what they're asking for here goes outside of that structure and look i i feel like it should have gotten more but i can't argue with what she's
1: saying there yeah and i, I can't now the, the violent versus non is
0: going to be a big argument out in the community of domestic violence offense i shouldn't call a community in the domestic violence offense conversation I think I, there's still going to be a big thing there because there's so many victims to this.
1: I don't want to hear arguments about time served because of I last either. year. He I was, told you that was he going was to come up. He was being a jerk. That's <laughs> why he sat out the year before. I right. mean, come on. Like, and he was no, intending to sit out anyway. I'm not giving him any credit for that season where he got paid. He was going to do it anyway. To do nothing. Yes. He had decided to be a jerk to his organization that drafted him before all this happened. he, I want him to get more punishment because of that, not p- people that are arguing, well, he set out a season already. Right. No, that has nothing to do uh, with this story. Uh, Ken on our YouTube chat says, six-game suspension for a guy who's been vindicated by two separate grand juries for lack of any evidence. Seems fair. Well, see, here's
0: the thing about that. though. The I think vindicated does is not, a strong vindicated vindicated word to Vindicated is a very strong it's word. It's too strong of a and word And the to league say. does not accept as, as crazy as this is, and I understand, but the league is not taking legal standards as its standards. I, I understand that that's not cool with most of us, but the league has decided about 20 years ago, our standard is higher than the legal standard for behavior. You get a DUI and you serve your punishment with the law and everything, that's fine, but that's not good enough for us. We're doing something above and beyond, yada, yada, yada. You get my drift. And they have taken to penalizing people before their civil and criminal cases have concluded in the legal system.
1: Well, it's also I mean, it's quite possible. first off, I, everything Sue L. Robinson wrote in that 16page report, I, I agree with her. If I'm if just reading through all the evidence and claims of, you know 23 different women and everything else that we've seen, I believe everything she wrote. But there's also a chance, you know, to what Ken's saying which i disagree with ken saying he's vindicated he may be innocent of committing a crime in this thing he is certainly guilty of behaving poorly and making women uncomfortable and conduct it's, detrimental to the league it's least. not always criminal to make someone uncomfortable right i mean there's a distinction there like i, I don't i'm no lawyer and i'm not going to get into the legal differences here but to not go forward with an indictment with a grand jury is rare for not to even have an indictment. That is a, that's a good mark for Deshaun Watson. But all that says is they're not indicting him of committing a crime. Doesn't mean that he's not guilty of some really poor behavior with masseuses. And that's to me, that's, that's the difference with what the league is saying. You put the league's integrity at in jeopardy because you did this over and over and over again, so much so there's 23 women claiming in civil court that you did all of these bad things. I don't know the letter of the law exactly, but you can be guilty of doing bad things and not face jail time because you really haven't committed a crime.
0: And I think it absolutely meets the NFL yeah. standard
1: of conduct detrimental well, this, to the league. which hear isn't this that and, hard to me. I don't want people to hear this and think that I'm you know, condoning doing everything. I'm just saying... Making no, someone uncomfortable doesn't mean that you committed a crime and you're going to go to jail. It's also, you could just be behaving in a creepy fashion and making someone uncomfortable. Repeatedly, in his
2: instance. Yeah. But yeah. Habitually. To, uh, to his point in the chat, it's also hard to overlook the fact that we did have those... It, you, you had the court system toss this, not move forward with the, the, the legal process. The indictment. In the, in, in the criminal nature of this. And from the civil spots, that what one I believe one case is still out there, right? It's probably
0: Ashley Solis. It's not. It's not.
2: She has settled.
0: I'm surprised. That that really surprises me.
2: She's one of the three others this weekend who it was reported that now 23 of the 24. I'm dying to know these numbers. I can't um, believe they're not leaking out. They they have settled. Um, It's it's hard to overlook that when it comes to any type of punishment, a former federal judge who, for the record, took her time, did not go by any timetable of... There were reports back in early June that the NFL wanted this wrapped up before camps open. She didn't care. And she took her time. She heard from both sides. She gave both sides ample amount of time to then make their closing arguments uh, in, in written form in, in front of her. And what we're a week and a half from that, I believe... Or is it two weeks now, two full weeks uh, from that moment? And here we are a week and a half into training camp for some teams and others just four, three or four practices. And it's a much lighter punishment than what we would have expected. So the, the, those that have been behind the closed doors listening to the evidence of both sides tend to come back with a lighter punishment than the court of public opinion that we're doing on a daily basis here. So at some point, we have to stop being shocked with the way this is going on because this is continuing to play into Watson's favor, whether we like it or not. And it's also, I saw um,
1: Dan Wolken and others had these you know uh, columns about the NFL shows, once again, they don't care. Uh, they hate women, basically. They don't care about women. Now, I said before, I wish the NFL would just be honest and say, we are a business. They don't hate women. You know, they don't want these bad things to happen to women. They're also not in the court of criminal justice to go and solve cases with their players and coaches against women. So I wish they would just stay That's away the from problem. Them. They them and they completely are. do it. They think they are. But they don't right now. This is why they Whoa, put forth these do things well. to well, They do. think they They're are. They're not equipped. But, but Paul, but they, they have Sue L. Robinson for that reason. Right. They, even if begrudgingly Roger Goodell gave it up, which he still has you know, veto power, basically, to come back and say what he wants on it. This is their out. Like, you can write every column in the world about the NFL hates women or hates this or hates that. Write the column about Sue L. Robinson. To show me her record. To show me where she hates women. Yeah, it's not where she's not going to look at the other. It's the, the
0: investigation that's put in front of her that's so limited that to pretend that you have, hey, we gave Sue Robinson the full case for her to investigate is just. Crap. Well, they and the NFL, I've said this the whole time since they started doing this. And I don't know what the solution is because it was ridiculous, too, to have a criminal guy under Paul Tagliabue playing when they said, we're going to wait for the justice to run its course when justice would be two years to wait for a speedy trial, which is nonsense. Also, it put the league in a tough spot, but they went from one extreme. We'll just wait for the legal system to another extreme. We'll conduct our own investigation with no subpoena power and people who don't want to talk to us. There's something in the middle, but they haven't found it. But I, I'm not doubting Sue Robinson's qualifications. I'm doubting what's put in front of Sue Robinson
1: to, but to have. So she's but, limited. What are we? But here's the: when you read the report, it's Sue Robinson who said, "Now I I am going by what I'm given by yeah. the NFL investigation, which to me is insufficient." But then she also goes on and says, "It is their job, these two former prosecutors that were the main investigators, to prove their case of, of these three things." They proved all three to her. Right. So what are they lacking? In fact, they interviewed twelve of the women and they took out eight that didn't support their case. And they went with four. Three of them are licensed masseuses. One did not have a license, but agreed to, to perform a massage on Deshaun Watson. So
0: oh, I think they're lacking the ability to prove the the scope that the league feels like there is to it.
1: Well, the league feels like there is to it the league did the investigation. They handed over right.
0: well, the they league... handed
1: over enough to to, in, to basically indict him in her eyes on all three charges. But not and to her get conclusion the was sentence, six games.
0: But not to get the sentence they wanted. So they, they were successful on the conviction, so to speak, but they weren't effective based on what they wanted for the sentencing.
1: I don't know what they would be holding out though, based on everything that's out there and what if they're gonna interview twelve women I mean, personally, if I'm actually looking at all of the evidence of something, which she's not, she's doing, I want to know why they took out the other eight women that they talked to. You're right,
2: I do Because too. they weren't credible? And they're not well, no. transparent. Well, isn't that part of the case? On one of So they, they initially presented four, uh, five, five cases, but one of them was just named through a media report. So she excluded that from her yeah. consideration. So it ended up being four.
0: But, Chad, even if they did this investigation perfectly, which I doubt, their history of poor investigations makes me not have a lot of faith in the NFL's ability to investigate things because they're not an investigative well, body. Well, I don't,
1: you know, I look at the Major League Baseball system that got Trevor also Bauer two terrible. seasons. And I'm thinking, why are we not asking more questions about that with no criminal charges? Two seasons? I mean, the amount of money he's losing and everything that happened. I mean, I don't think. Paul, to to your point of, and why I think we're, I think we're both saying none of these leagues are equipped to do this. Yeah, I no, think the we, MLB probably botched it the other way. NFL may be botching it this way, but at least the NFL turned this over to people who are professionals who have done this for a living, and two former DAs and prosecutors to investigate, and then Sue L. Robinson, a federal judge to be a judge on this. I just don't want Roger Goodell touching it's it. It's
0: better. One thing that would fix it, though, uh, and look, I'm not saying they should do it for the, for the leagues. I'm saying they should do it for the country. Let's get back to something where if you're, if you're uh, arrested or charged or whatever, uh, you know, this civil case now, the one remaining civil case isn't going to be heard until next spring. Well, let's get back to a system where bleep happens in a relatively quick fashion. And it's not hanging over everybody's. And I'm not saying this civil case outweighs. There are tons of criminal cases that take far too long when you're supposed to get a speedy trial and resolution. And we've gotten way too far away from that. That's an American bureaucratic problem that I'm talking about. That's much bigger than the scope of what we're talking about, but it's at the root of this problem as well.
1: The Cleveland Browns, by the way, have released a statement on this six-game ruling. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah, you go with us now? Is a complete legalese. This is a statement from D. and Jimmy Haslam. I, I always find it fascinating to see the choice of words when you are apolo- the non-apology, apologizing for something but not claiming guilt in anything and how you apologize. And see if you guys and everyone listening right now can catch exactly what I'm saying with this. Throughout this process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the newly created an agreed-upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all information and make a fair decision. We respect Judge Robinson's decision and at the same time empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. We know Deshaun is remorseful that this situation has caused much heartache to many, And he will continue the work needed to show who he is on and off the field. And we will continue to support him. Something for everybody. So once again, same time, we empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. We know Deshaun, not sorry for anything he's done. We know Deshaun is remorseful that the situation has caused heartache to many. The situation, not him, but the situation. Exactly. I think it's very important I went to through a lot of lawyers. go through words that is not because Deshaun Watson has not been a bit remorseful in front of the media because he's and not, has not admitted any guilt to any of this not, yeah right so again we know Deshaun is remorseful that the story the situation not that he's guilty the situation has caused heartache to many it's important to note how they distinguish between the two
0: Talk about parsing words. I mean, that, that it's 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 a masterpiece, it's really. A if you think worded about it, from the Browns. If you, if you think about what they're trying to do, it's many masterfully it. done.
1: Yes, many will hate it, but it's a very smartly worded statement by someone in that organization. And I don't think Jimmy Haslam wrote that out. No, <laughs> or D Haslam for no. that matter, or their PR. It's a statement I mean, go, from that, Jimmy beyond, and D Haslam, but I don't think either the one wrote
0: it. That's like a. Somebody went to law school and uh, marketing school and PR school and finance.
1: Everything. A little bit, yes,
2: jack of all trades. And in, in typical fashion, someone from from Watson's camp earlier this morning um, relayed some information. They felt like the the six game suspension was too harsh. You know, just to get that out there. I wonder what
0: kind of practice he had today.
2: I don't know. Well He's been splitting rests. You know, focused. You know, that's the other thing. We haven't really heard how he's been on the practice field. It's all its all been right about what the reps have been, sharing reps, and um, how they're going about preparing for week one, and now the first six weeks of the season. We'll get back into this. Armando Salguero is going to join us in about 45 minutes, and uh, we'll continue the discussion on the news of the day with the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson and what's next for the NFL. They have up to three days to inform uh, uh, the everyone involved of a possible appeal, and that would then go as, as it stands right now, it would go in front of Goodell. Goodell can choose to put someone in that position to hear it.
0: And maybe he throws Troy Vincent under the bus,
2: maybe, but I mean, even or somebody
0: they, we've never heard of that would be even better. I, I could I, fire that person in a year. You
1: hate to be the guy or girl <laughs> in the NFL office right now, It's yeah,
0: sacrificial land.
1: It's like, oh. I need to be more recognizable. <laughs> I really, hey, I'm calling up Schefter and others. Can you get my name out there so people, I'm not so anonymous when I get rolled under the bus? This,
2: this was one of the points of, of emphasis in the recent CBA negotiations where the NFL generally wins a lot of these negotiations. One of the one of the main points was discipline and Goodell's power, Goodell's power being judge, jury, and executioner. And what they're referencing, the Browns referencing in this statement, came from an owner, which Goodell would have been representing in these negotiations, where they're pointing to this is a fair process that we agreed to, both sides agreed to, with the independent judge overseeing situations like this. Not just this one, but all of them. Saying, let's be done. That's that's right. And now... If you're the NFLPA, you're saying we negotiate that in good faith. At the time, of course, this was not going on, so you didn't know what you were going to be seeing or hearing uh, in front of you. But but now if the NFL doesn't like it and they come back and go the opposite direction where everyone's stunned at the six games, what would shock us, at least me, is if Goodell comes back and says full season, right? <laughs> and you really tack it on like we were thinking they were trying to do.
0: Eleven more games is a lot more than double.
2: Right. Like so, if you do that, then what does that say about the CBA negotiations and what you tried to implement and the process you just went through for the last three months? It says
0: I held on to my power. It's a show. Yeah. it's it shows again how weak the the, the PA side. Or, of it is. or if, you,
1: if you believe in the process, then he does nothing. Right. But but administer the six game suspension that the NFL PA and the Browns have already agreed to. And but you he, move on. But, but if he, he if kept he, final say for a reason. But if, he, if you are trying to, look, we're going back to the word optics. If you are trying to appeal to optics and writers and media members, then he'll come back and, and give them more games or try to. Because that's the, only way that, 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 that's the only way that a segment of society is going to be appeased is if you show that you're tougher than someone else on this.
0: It's not just optics, though. There's a, some power here. He likes power, and he's got power. I also
1: think he likes his job more than anything else, and I really feel like NFL well, owners would rather him not touch
2: something like this when it goes this. I, I think NFL
0: this. owners are still pissed about that contract. There's well,
2: also talk that he's retiring soon.
0: So what's the le- then it's a legacy question.
2: Yeah. I mean. His legacy is going to be fine. Yeah. Because he made uh, it his, his legacy is yeah, the TV his legacy is just the, the
1: monster that is the NFL under his watch. He didn't mess that up. But who would have?
2: Right now, week seven, first game back for Watson is against the Baltimore Ravens. They're first up in our preview as we look ahead to the NFL season. AFC North Ravens and Bengals will dissect both next and now kick three sixty. Outkick kick 360 rolls on NFL season just around the corner. Got preseason games starting up soon and then joint practices, more preseason games. And look on the bright side. There's only three of those now. Woo-hoo! And then we finally get to week one on September 11th, Sunday, September 11th. And of course the Thursday, the 10th um, or the ninth, excuse me. We have the opening game. Um, we have a hall of fame game this week. On the fourth, yeah.
1: So, we'll have an NFL game, game, in air quotes, we'll have one of those this week in the Hall of Fame game. Do we see a single starter in that game? <laughs> On either side? Kickers? I'll Kickers are going to get some work, I think. The starting S- kicker will. So few. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, someone else when you out here to risk pulling a, a well, groin Well, you muscle? have
0: time. The thing is, this game is so early, you have time for a guy to get hurt and recover before the regular season. Yeah. Let me quickly
2: look up the the quarterback matchups for us. So we've got the Jags, right? Um, Jags,
1: Raiders, right? CJ
2: Beathard likely to get the start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can't wait. Thrill a minute. Middle Tennessee kid. And former New Orleans uh, Breakers quarterback Kyle Sloter. Oh, yes.
1: We've seen that.
2: Uh, He is going to put on a show. You know He's already gonna, done it with the Vikings before. The you know pre-season. who's going
1: to put on a show this uh, preseason? The USFL. <laughs> there should be a lot of USFL players playing an NFL preseason game. That's, that's my
2: prediction. The Baltimore Ravens getting their quarterback back. Lamar Jackson uh, leads our discussion as we preview the 2022 Baltimore Hunt, Hunt, Ravens. Quickly,
1: because this is breaking news. And I'm just okay, now yeah. seeing it. It involves your Orioles. Got some bad news for you on the Orioles. They're sellers. Trey Mancini has Where? been traded to the Houston Astros. Oh,
0: come Trey on. Trey Mancini,
1: Hunt. a great player, going to the team that Paul fears the most in the American League, the Houston Astros.
0: Damn it. Damn you.
1: And the Orioles are red. How dare you. I mean, I don't know what they've done here recently. I don't think they played very wild well against card the Reds. Contention. I feel like the Reds took it to them this weekend, uh, at least because I bet on the Orioles a couple times and did not win those bets. That's the only reason I know. But the Orioles are upward trajectory this season. That's disappointing. They've Been better. They Have a chance to be above five hundred at the end of the year. I, I will let you know what they got in return. I've not seen. No, I'm sure what you've received. heard of all of them. Yeah. I'm
0: sure you've heard of every one of None them because the the you're reading all of those. Uh, the Orioles are fifty-one and fifty-one, three out of the wild card.
1: Yeah, they're. they're I mean, having if you're a three very, out of the
0: wild card, what are you doing, oh, giving up your best? Respectable field
1: season uh, for the Orioles. I mean, they've exceeded expectations this season. And they're 500. That's a good season,
2: especially for Dude, the Orioles. When's the last time season. you've been
0: three out of the wild card in August?
2: Uh, it was my first year as a fan, like five years ago. <laughs> well, I wonder how close That's Mancini disgusting. is to
1: becoming a free agent when the Orioles close. are saying, we're not going to afford him yeah. when he comes up so to free agency. So let's, let's go ahead and get some pieces that can help us continue to be respectable in the meantime. So we'll see if it works.
0: Pisses me
2: off. They're not getting any pieces. <laughs>
1: Uh, We had our our tribute to our buddy Mark Howard last week, who knew everything about Swedish and Finnish hockey players in the draft. Canadian Hutton's now going to become an expert on Venezuelan and Dominican baseball (laughs) prospects based on the Orioles' trades. You're going to know the whole feeder system
2: here soon enough. So we're, we're going to find out what they got in return. Good season, bad season, it doesn't matter. Sellers. The O's. <laughs> sellers. sellers.
1: Always sellers.
2: dumping that salary. They're going to be
1: in first place a year from now, beating the Yankees in the division. They're just <laughs> going to sell. They're going to clean house. What, what are you guys doing? <laughs> You're in first. It's our mentality. Yeah. You can't break that mentality yeah. with one good season. Always looking to get better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson is back uh, for the Ravens. And as we begin our 2022 previews, what a, what a storyline he he's going to be this year. Um, look, he is the all-time... For, for quarterbacks, he's the all-time winner under the age of 25 at the position. He set that mark. All-time. All-time. And it's, he's a former MVP. But we still have questions about Lamar Jackson delivering the football down the field. This is a tight end heavy team. They traded Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals on draft day. They drafted not one, but two tight ends in this draft. And they... Are of course a run-based team as well. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are on PUP, coming off of injuries from last year. Last year was going perfectly; they were eight and three, and with six games to go, after already catching an injury bug, where they had Marcus Peters go down in the preseason, they also lose Marlon Humphrey, they lose their running backs. Ronnie Stanley was banged up and and out they they've had plenty of of injury questions and lost all of their final six games. They finished a game uh, below 500 at 8 and 9 after starting the season 8 and 3. They were the number 1 seed in the AFC with six games to play. And of course Lamar Jackson ties into that because he was also hurt and missed those games. So with him returning and knowing that they have Mark Andrews at tight end and knowing that they have loaded up in a, a massive way at that position. The next step is trying to get these receivers involved. And, and that there, therein lies some past draft picks, Paul, um, where they're going to be expecting a big jump in production for certain players now that Hollywood Brown's not there.
0: Well, the number one guy on that list to me is Rashad Bateman. Um, you know, they've been looking and this was last off season where they couldn't get guys to come uh, they yeah. kept having free agent conversations, negotiations, and they went somewhere else. Then Hollywood Brown says, Hey, it's no offense to Lamar Jackson, but I need to get out of here because of the system. Well, the system and Lamar Jackson are one in the same. So that wasn't real complimentary. Yeah, Lamar and, Jackson
1: is the system. Yeah, we Everything know, is based around his skills. And we
0: know what the issue is there. They don't throw outside <laughs> beyond 10 yards, you know, for sure. It kind of limits the the scope of the passing offense, and that's where he's got to prove it. And look, I have a lot of respect for the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a good team. I think they're, you know, right there in the playoff picture every year. But I don't know once they get in the playoffs that they're a team that can get on the run because I think they can be figured out. Now, they figured the Titans out one time, but they went one game, right? They got figured out by the Titans when they were the number one seed, when the Titans got on their little mini run and went to the AFC Championship. I find it hard to envision them getting on a run because I think if you can stop them from running, hit them in the mouth early like the Titans did in that game, get a lead on them, you limit them. And they're a team with a recipe that has to kind of go one way. And they're very good if they go that one way. But if you can knock them off that one way, it's hard for them. And they can do it in the regular season. But then when you stack up, a list of four consecutive really good opponents in the offseason who are going to have good play callers, good good defenses. I think it's hard for them to perpetually win with Lamar and that limited scheme, which isn't the worst thing. You know, it's Tennessee's in a similar situation. They have a team that's good enough to go to the playoffs and then kind of has a script it needs to follow that's hard to follow all the way to the Super Bowl. Do you want that team or do you want a team that's got, you know, a chance to go to the playoffs once every five years.
1: Hutton, you love a guy in a playoff in a, in a contract year, also. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he may end up getting a
2: new contract before the season starts. Well, last year was the gamble for him, and he played through it, and he's still going to get the final money now. It was an yeah. awful,
0: awful season for him in every respect, based on the health stuff.
1: I am curious, though, you know, for a guy who doesn't have an agent, um, how much that factors in uh, with how with how he's going to uh, to, to to go about this. Um, I, I I like them this year. I mean, I, I like what they have coming back. Uh, it's, it's just, by the way, if you're a team dealing with a, a, a guy that doesn't have an agent, does that make you want that player more? Cause you don't have to deal with an agent.
0: Uh, I think it wants you, makes you want to negotiate more.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I, I thought about that. Like it, that's, Oddly, a selling point for Lamar Jackson. I feel like for the organization, though, for the longest like, time what, he wouldn't is, sit down. So this is great because he's like, you know, I, I don't have enough time to really negotiate because I'm all about football right now. So you know, what, there's going to be a cutoff time where I'm not going to talk about contract anymore. I mean, that's don't you love that if you're the coach and you're the GM, not having to deal well, with a lot that? Would of you just prefer not to have with to deal agent. with the player
2: there?
0: A lot you of know, guys say that I with their agent once the season starts, they don't want it happening, even though somebody else is dealing with it.
2: the The, the other uh, point for for the Ravens, and I'm with you, Paul. Like they, I, I, I think the the Titans' vibe is kind of the same tone here, where I expect them to be in the playoffs, and then it's actual it's the proving season. Yeah, I, I believe the year that they were the number one seed, and they they beat the Titans. I believe they ran into the Chiefs, and lost. Um, same same goes for the Titans. The year they went to Baltimore and won, they ran into the Chiefs along that playoff yeah, run. Next game, and so you know, can they go on a run in the postseason? I, yes, they can because they've
0: done it before. That's one. If thing.
2: if if, um, if Lamar Jackson Pre-Lamar. plays, I mean, we've seen him take over the league and be the the, the was, it, was it unanimous? Or was it unanimous? I think it, it was unanimous. Unanimous, unanimous MVP, um, and and he was that good and unstoppable. Uh, They've added Kyle Hamilton uh, through the draft, who is going to certainly uh, step up in that secondary, a secondary with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Fuller. It's
0: a terrific group.
2: Uh, They they have a solid group up front and uh, really good on all three levels of this defense where Tyus Bowser now, who was a backup and just kind of a different packages type guy. He's a breakout guy. He's now a starter in this defense. He's
0: on PUP also. They got a lot of guys on PUP to start.
2: Yep. So they, uh, Patrick Queen and, um, uh, Josh Bynes at, at linebacker, he's back. So they've got, uh, they've, they've re-signed him. They, they have pieces defensively and then offensively, they trade Hollywood Brown and left in the starting lineup at receiver are Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, a speedster. And then, uh, James Proche. Mike
0: McDonald is a new defensive coordinator, which is a bit of a weird transition because Wink Martindale two years ago was hot, hot, hot last year. The injuries undid everything. And all of a sudden they were done with him. And he's now with the giants, if I'm not mistaken, um, kind of a weird shift. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there with McDonald, who is a Michigan guy, friends with Harbaugh's brother, or, or so that's a pipeline there, but it'd be interesting to see how that defense reshapes itself.
2: And, uh, uh, also, I mentioned 8-3 and three to begin the year. They had a ton of one-score games and game-winning kicks through Justin Tucker.
1: Best in the biz.
2: Um, but they also lost in that area, too. They lost to the Lions, didn't they? Yes. Or was it the— No, they beat the, the, they beat the they Lions. They beat the
1: Lions with a Tucker
2: 64-yard field goal. That's right. Yeah. So the Lions were the ones with the close losses, and the Ravens are winning the close battles in the fourth quarter. And there's something to that. You know, the, the line of demarcation in the NFL is not all that great. But if you're uh, in the tight quarters of the fourth quarter and you, you've got to step up and make a play, the Ravens generally do late in those games. But to what Paul's pointing to, we're judging them based on the postseason. We expect them to be back, especially with seven teams getting in in the AFC. When we come back, we discuss the Cincinnati Bengals who are trying not just to get back to the Super Bowl, but win it. That's next on Outkick 360.
0: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
2: Joe Burrow was back at Cincinnati Bengals practice today. Outkick three hundred and sixty rolls on. He wasn't practicing. He wasn't in uniform. He was on a scooter. <laughs> he had the appendectomy last week, and he may not be able to throw for a few days or a few weeks, rather, a couple weeks. I don't want people thinking "few" means five.
0: <laughs> few means three, generally.
2: Uh, yeah, couple.
0: Couple means two.
2: Um, and they, for early on, I guess, with the stitching, he can't sweat because of the stitching of whatever that went on. Sucks. And then, you know, it's just... He had surgeries getting back into it. So, uh, the, the Bengals trying to get back into the postseason and make that same run they just uh, were on throughout the AFC. You're defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals uh, next up in our team preview series from the AFC North, our final one for today. Hayden Hurst is now their tight end. They feel as though they have upgraded in that area. Reporters in Cincinnati, based on the first week of observation tend to agree with the organization on the plays that Hearst has been making through the, the first week or so. The, the big questions for them are twofold. Number one, offensive line, which was horrendous a year ago. They have revamped that on the right side of their offensive line. They have Lyle Collins at right tackle and Alex Kappa, who's in at right guard, and Ted Karras who is the center now, the starting center for Cincinnati. And that should help significantly with their star quarterback in Joe Burrow. We know they have their run game with Joe Mixon. We know they have talent at receiver, not just Jamar Chase, but but T. Higgins and uh, others. But the questions will be on defense. First and foremost, what happens with Jesse Bates, who's a holdout right now, uh, wanting a new contract? And... They have drafted a new safety in in Dax Hill. They, they addressed that issue, uh, in the early portions of of this year's NFL draft, and they will again, go through a, a gauntlet of an AFC schedule. They did it last year, but organizationally they've admitted it will be a different approach, knowing that you're being hunted instead of being the one hunting. The teams in front of you. I
0: absolutely love what they did on the offensive line. Oftentimes, when you have a glaring problem, you'll address it to a smaller degree, and you'll make it out like, well, you know, we can overcome that. We're not as bad. They admit it. They sucked on the offensive line. They needed an overhaul. They made three substantial moves. That They re uh, just completely reinvented there, which is what they needed. That's why I'm high on the Bengals, higher, higher than most people. I got one giant concern on the Bengals, Eli Apple. Now, they drafted a second-rounder and a fifth-rounder, Cam Taylor-Britt and Tyson Anderson at corner. I need for, them, for the Bengals to transform their second problem area, those two guys, or one of those two guys, to develop. Right, Mike Hilton I don't love either at nickel, but Dax Hill is being talked about as a nickel. And I like that idea. So if these two young corners can develop, I like their pass rush. And this is a formula that works. The Bucks did it two years ago. Titans are trying to do it now. If you've got a veteran pass rush that can get to the quarterback and you've got young talent in the secondary, particularly at corner with some veteran safeties, and I think Bell will be back, you can. that's a defensive winning formula. So are these young corners going to be good enough to supplement somebody like Eli Apple who gets burned too much? If so, listen, I know the team doesn't make it back and everything, but maybe Joe Burrow makes this different.
2: And how much does the the Cleveland suspension of Watson help the Bengals get off? If they get off to a a, a nice start, they can, in essence, lead the division. Before, I'm not worried about the Steelers before Watson comes back. I, mean, I think the Steelers are playing the Ravens, a different kind Worried, of worried ball. about the Browns, yeah. you know, in that division, and maybe but less they, about the Browns. But keep it. Keep in mind the Bengals. The Bengals were playing well at the beginning of last year. They had a couple of games on the road. They won on the road at Baltimore, and they won on the road at Pittsburgh early in the season, which
0: really kind of fortified that, that team that needed to learn how to win. That was in the a
2: significant uh, mark for them, like the under the belt. But I think that's too, what they're pointing to now is. That it's not as much the the expectation. or it is expectation. It's not as much about being hunted. Um, I would say it's about, about dealing with expectation and the attention that they're now going... It, the microscope's on them now instead of on their opponent.
0: And uh, we joked about how long it took them to sell out as a defending AFC championship, but the fact of the matter is they are sold out. Atmosphere yeah. at that place, and you and I have been there for a lot of games that didn't have any atmosphere... It'll have atmosphere now. Going to Cincinnati will be different than it's been for those division rivals and everybody else in a long, long time.
2: They have a solid kicking game too, Chad. I mean, they're they're in it.
1: I love that, you know, the only two not voted off the island on the offensive line, Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen on the left side, the complete revamping of the line from center, right guard, right tackle. Paul, you'd mention it, but just completely going after the problem area and addressing it. Um, I think the defense is going to be just as good. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the league the last five games of the season. He's 72.3% completion percentage. He cut down on the interceptions. Interceptions can be a problem with Burrow. That's one thing that could trip them up. But I really think if we're not looking at Cincinnati as a team to be right there in the Super Bowl mix again, we're just simply saying, well, history shows the team that loses the Super Bowl takes a step back. On paper, they're really, really good. They're better. Yeah, I mean, they're, why not, I guess would be my question for Cincinnati this year, other than looking at the history of the losing Super Bowl team, not typically faring well the next year. But I, I look at their schedule, even in a tough division, team they have coming back, and I think this is a team that can win the Super Bowl.
0: Here's another guy that benefits from the offensive line stuff who, who gets ignored a lot, Joe Mixon. Yeah. Pretty, pretty damn steady. Yes. And uh, this line isn't going to hurt him by any means either. But, and they yeah, got
2: three terrific receivers. There was also a point in the season last year when they went from a I, – I, I felt like a run first team to first the first team. threat was Burrow pushing it down the field to chase.
0: Which is how they should be, probably.
2: And, oh, by the way, those division opponents, even the secondary banged up in, in Baltimore. Still, uh, chase was scorching those guys. Um, th- throughout those uh, those matchups, that's one of the best combinations in the league. The, off, off that one season. It, it's remarkable that they, they allowed 70 sacks. So they were sacked 51 times. Burrow was sacked 51 times in the regular season last year.
0: And it didn't slow up in the uh, postseason. Yeah, we he saw was that 70 times time
2: total. Now they, Nine to,
0: here to, in the second round of the playoffs.
2: To get there, you know, go, go for 51 to 70, you need to play some games in the playoffs, and they did. But it's remarkable they went on the run they did, considering how many times the quarterback—that's how many times he was sacked. He's hit many other times. He was hit in the playoff game against the Tennessee Titans here in Nashville, where he looked like he hurt his knee, and on, on a play that didn't even count. In reality, they sacked him 11 or 12 times that day. Because
0: it got uh, some offsides and yeah. the like he, um, you know, and that had to be scary. Think think of what Zach Taylor and the Brown family's thinking as he takes all of those hits, a year after he tore his ACL. I mean, that's why they went into the offseason. They had to think, we got really lucky. I mean, we had a miracle Super Bowl season, and our guy didn't get hurt a year after he got badly hurt. Uh, we've got to invest in those offensive linemen, and they did.
2: If if the team is a reflection of its quarterback handling adversity and handling the attention and the expectation, the Bengals are just fine with Joe Burrow, with Joe Cool. Uh, under center or in shotgun I might pick team.
0: them I might pick them in the AFC
2: I mean they 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 acted like they belonged last year as a surprise team and now everyone we're writing them off again not Paul we're writing them off again when we talk about Super Bowl contention we'll hit the headlines including Watson suspension next with Armando Salguero